Hello and welcome to another episode of the Villa Talks podcast, another episode of the Lockdown Lowdown. Jugsy and Chadzi back with me again. Disappointing, really, really disappointing performance. Well, not performance, result. Uh, 1-0 loss to Sheffield United, bottom of the league. We talked about how they were a tough team to beat, regardless of their position. And that showed yesterday, um, down to 10 men. We're going to be talking through all the various action points as always. I think there's going to be a lot of... uh, Interesting discussion points on this one uh, and maybe some disagreements as well. So let, let's get straight into it. Chadzi, as always, mate, you first. Give me your give me your thoughts on, on last night's defeat. It's a poor result, definitely, and, and a missed opportunity for us, no doubt about that. And I think it, again, highlights our inconsistency a bit and our inability to sort of put a string of results together since obviously that amazing run at the start of the season. Um, we, we know that we struggle when we concede first and that's an issue that we need to address. And I know there's probably been a bit of criticism about the team selection and maybe some individual performances. But at the same time, it, it just wasn't our night, I don't think. you know. Although you can say we didn't create enough against 10, 10 men and a team that are bottom of the table, we still had four or five good chances. you know, More than we had on Saturday against Leeds, I think. And they had one mishit shot that that went in um, from a good bit of anticipation from a Goldrick. So probably far less openings than Leeds had. And, and we, we won that game 1-0 on Saturday and, and lost last night 1-0. So sometimes things just don't go your way. And I, I, I'm not being flippant and just throwing it out there and saying it doesn't mean we can't sit here and analyse and criticise some of the performances and maybe selections. But, you know, that on another night, if McGinn scores or the Watkins header goes in underneath the bar or Traore scores from three yards out or the, the wonder goal nearly goes in, it could have been 2-3-0 to Villa. Um, so it's not, again, for me, it's not a disaster. And I think chatting to chatting to Deckers last night, I think it's the, the importance of the result for everybody is everything at the minute, isn't it? You know, when there's no fans... You can't go to the game. You can't have all the positives of the experience of going to the game with your mates that that might balance out all the negatives of the poor performance. And I think that does make fans even more reactive, more fickle, more emotional than usual because there's no positives. If there's no result, there's no positives. Whereas if you get to, if we were in Sheffield yesterday, we could have had a day out together, catch up with your mates, sing a few songs, have a few beers, have a laugh in the car on the way back. Whereas there's there's nothing. So. I do understand the frustration of people because it is a missed opportunity. But um, everything we said after Saturday's game about this being a team to be proud of, this being a team that we can get behind, this being a team that bounces back, you know, it all still stands. And if we win on Saturday, we've had a fantastic, fantastic week. So every single team in this league, apart from Manchester City, who've spent billions of pounds, have been inconsistent this season. It's the nature of the league and, and it's made for some good entertainment. So... No doubt a very disappointed disappointing night and, and we can go into more detail, I'm sure. But we go again on Saturday, mate. Jugsy, what's your what's your view on this? Because I'm I'm interested to hear this. And you know, Chadzi, we know a very positive guy, uh, supports the team no matter what. Uh, and you know, I think he's been proven a lot of times in the past that actually that's the the right way to be. And, you know, uh, last year surviving the ten game winning run that Chadzi's mentioned before. You know that sort of positivity has, has has sort of come to fruition. At the same time, you know this was a disappointing result. It was bottom of the league. How how would you, if you were the manager, what would you take from it? Would you be a manager that says, "Well, it's a one-off. It didn't work for us. It wasn't our day," or do you think there's more to it and there's actual there's a pattern there 
in terms of our performances and the way that we're playing. And there's, there's areas that we need to improve and areas that we need to address to get better. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably say it's the latter. So I've had time to reflect from the result. And obviously I was really disappointed, but I thought we went into the game with the wrong mentality. And um, it's something that I called for in the last pod where you've got to treat it game by game and almost businesslike. And for me, I thought we were too defensive in our approach. And Sheffield United, the bottom of the league, they've got a makeshift back three. We want to be on the front foot and look to attack them. So I know in terms of the midfield, um, it's energetic, but there's not much creativity there for me. And it wasn't a game I would have played personally in Nakamba because I feel if you want to go into that game playing at a high tempo, trying to create chances, by the time you get the ball out to Nakamba, he might take a couple of touches or... You know, what I mean, take longer to progress the play, and all of a sudden, Sheffield United are back in sh- shape, back back organised, and then you're asking Al Ghazi or Torore to basically take on, take on the man or, or or come up with a trick to do something special. So I thought we really struggled to create out and out sort of chances constantly. Obviously, we did have a couple of good chances, and that was probably due to um, playing quite direct to Watkins. So I felt there wasn't much build up in midfield. So when it did come to that second half, we did run out of ideas slightly. So it, it comes back to to my initial point on, on Dean Smith, really, where I think he's quite a loyal manager and, yeah, he probably wants to be liked and be everybody's mate in the squad, but you've got to have that ruthlessness in you. And I think that's what all the elite managers do have, where you pick a team based on the opposition and based on what you think will be uh, able to get you the best result of that out of that game. And I, th- I think we just went into the game with the wrong mentality. And we've made huge strides this season and I think defensively has been one of them. So that's always going to detract from your attacking game because we're a bit more solid. Our fullbacks don't push up as much um, and we're reliant on the likes of Jack Grealish um, to create something at that moment of magic. And he has done that all season for us. But when he's out the team, we look devoid of ideas, I'd say. Um, Algarzi and Troy, I think they're both good on their day, uh, both more than capable, but they're inconsistent. I think with Truore especially, um, he has one moment of magic and probably two or three bad moments. Um, there's never sort of a good performance in him where he plays well for the whole 90 minutes or he's a threat the whole 90 minutes. And a lot of that is down to his style of play. I can appreciate. I mean, the, the skill in the first half where he created that chance for him was world-class and there's no player in our team that could do that apart from probably Jack. So he showed he's got got the technique, he's got the skills, but I just want a bit more from him. We've, we've paid £16 million for him. So if Grealish is not in the side, I want him to carry that attacking threat. Where at the minute, I think we're, we're just relying on Al Ghazi and Al Ghazi has been good for us and he's got the goals, but he's probably not a player that you want to be relying on every game to be your, your main focal point of, of creating chances. And Ramsey's performance, he played well against Leeds, but that was the type of game where he needed energy and legs. Um, this type of game, he needed you know, composure on the ball, someone to, to uh, create chances and you know, I mean, link up with, with the wide players and Watkins. And he put, uh, He's 19 years old and he hasn't, hasn't got much, much experience in the Premier League, so I think it was a tough ask for him to play that attacking, attacking role. And um, yeah, on the face of it, we had a few chances, but that Sheffield United team, I mean, that, that, that back three is a makeshift back three. They've been poor all season. So any team playing against them would have created them types of chances. And um, the second half wasn't really good enough for me. Interesting points there, Jugs. Um, Chadzi, back to you, mate. Um, you know, I'm interested in this debate, really. Um, and I think a lot of, lot of our listeners are 
you know, I, I do think results do impact people's perceptions of, of a performance, 100%. You know, if we win that game, then everyone's thinking we've you've created enough chances, we deserve to win, and Sheffield United have been poor, and they've created one chance all game. Uh, my my concern really is the pattern of performances um, more than anything else. And in fact, this game is probably opposite to what we've seen recently in that in recent games against Southampton, against Leeds, as an example, against Arsenal, maybe to an extent. Uh, you know, we haven't played to our best, but we've picked up results. Whereas in this this game, until the man was sent off, we were playing fairly well, I thought. And in fact, I texted you half time to say I thought we were well on top and didn't deserve to be losing. But with the decent performance, we end up losing the game. It's quite opposite to to what we've seen. But if we look historically over the last few weeks since the since the Newcastle win two 0 win Burnley game, we've picked up what ten points, I think it is. Uh, no, sorry, yeah, ten points in eight games. Uh, which is worrying, and with that, it's not—it's not like we've been performing very well. We're not being on top of many games. Um, is that a concern? You know, we started the season so well. The first four wins has that masked over in terms of where we are in terms of our standing as a team? Um, do you think we're we are in a better position than we should be? And is this a truer reflection of where we should be in terms of the last eight or so performances? Maybe, yeah, I think so. And I think it is is possible to be balanced. You know, I'm a big fan of Dean Smith and yeah, I'm positive. But a lot of what Jugsy said there is correct as well. So, but, you know, it's it's all very easy to to talk about team selection in hindsight. If if we'd picked uh, Barkley and somebody else in midfield last night and and lost 1-0 because we missed chances and they scored from their only chance, we'd be sitting here saying... We missed Nakamba. He probably would have blocked that shot. He probably would have read that. And it's you know it's very easy to reflect on games after them and and look at what might have been. But yeah, we haven't been playing that well recently, without doubt. And it is a it is um it is a bit of um a concern that we're we're struggling to score goals at the minute, isn't it? Especially without Grealish, you know, we're creating less chances. We're not as free flowing as we are before. But um, we're still we're still solid defensively. So I think it's, this this season was always going to be um, a developing development season for us. We escaped on the final day of the last season, and we're currently sitting in in ninth place in the league. If, if I'm right, maybe eighth. I don't know. But and and it's and on the whole, which is the only sort of way that you can evaluate a season, is is it's been outstanding. And um, yeah that there's things to work on there's things to improve on there's there's ways that we might have been able to get a Sheffield United differently than we did last night without doubt so it's it's okay to it's okay to sit in the middle it's okay to be balanced and i think you'll judge Dean Smith and you'll judge this team after 38 games um and i think if we finish in the top 10 absolutely outstanding from from everyone involved yeah, no, I'm a completely agree. I remember, you know, I've said it before. The first, very first pod we did, I said, I think I can see us finishing top ten, and it was almost like a not laughed at, but you know, most people were thinking, well, phew, that'd be amazing if we do that, but I don't think it's possible. Uh, and now it's very realistic, and I, I think it's you know, fans' expectations do do change through the season depending on performances, um, and I think for a lot of frustration lies in the fact that we are so close um, to that top six position. And every time we come up, come to a, a point in the season where we just need to push on, uh, and you know the next game is a really important turning point for us. And if we win, we, then we you know we sort of cement ourselves in, in challenging for those positions. We we seem to falter, and I think that's that's a concern for many fans. It's and, a concern and, for Villa fans. It's a concern for 
Spurs fans, it's, it's now a concern for Leicester fans. You know, every single team in the in the whole league is going through sticky spells, and every single week there's a surprise result here and there. Nobody's pulling together a sequence of results. So absolutely, Villa fans should be frustrated, and we we could you know we're, we're missing opportunities. And I don't disagree that last night was a, a really poor result, but it, it's the nature of the sport. You know, until we've got a squad like Man City's, we're not gonna we cannot expect Villa to win five, six, seven games on the trot at any point. But but can you understand the frustration that there's so many teams that are inconsistent at this present time because of the current COVID environment, no fans being there, that actually it's a massive opportunity for Villa. And, yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, we, might, we may not get this opportunity next season and fans are back in and uh, pl- uh, you know clubs are allowed to spend big again. And you know this is a real opportunity for us to push on. And, and if we do get top six, then attract that better player, keep Grealish and that kind of stuff. You know, that, I think that's where maybe some fans are coming from. But at the same time, you know, I get it. A lot of it is hindsight. You know, I, I, I always, I, I, uh, and, you know, I always talk around sort of the looking at, holistically looking at the whole view of the season so far. And you know, definitely we are over, you know, overachieving massively this season. And I think that, that shouldn't be forgotten. And n- neither should our performances this season so far. And when Dean Smith has outmanaged the best managers in the world, you know, let's not forget that. But at the same time, you know, if we do want to improve, then we do need to think about where we're going wrong and how do we improve that? Definitely, sense. definitely. I don't disagree. But can I just come back to one of Juggsy's other points where he's talking about Smith and, and being ruthless? You know, it's, it's massively unfair criticism to say he's not ruthless. You see what he's done for this club since he joined. And you've only got to look at Conor Hurahan being shipped off to Swansea because he's not good enough anymore. How ruthless he was to go and get another goalkeeper in Martinez because he didn't think Heaton was going to be a man for the future. You know, dropping Barkley in the last few weeks. There's plenty of examples of how he's discarded players when he's no longer thought they're good enough for what we want to do and kick on. And I'm sure this summer he's going to get rid of four or five more of the core and show his ruthless streak again. So, yeah, he might have picked the wrong team last night, but I don't think it's because he's soft. No, when I'm talking about ruthless, I'm talking about being stubborn with, with certain things. And I think... Last season was an example of that. We were stubborn with how we were playing, and it almost cost us. And we were lucky we had a, we had a break with 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 COVID that we could reassess and reevaluate. And yeah, fair enough. This season, the likes of Huran has probably been treated unfairly, and that is a ruthlessness streak. But what I meant was um, by Nakamba playing well or Ramsey playing well. That yeah, I understand it's about form, but it's a one-off game, and it, and it was a different a whole different setup of play against Leeds where we got an early goal. And if we look back on that performance, it wasn't actually that great of a performance. We just got an early goal and sat back on a lead and, and did well to manage that game out. So it was play, uh, pleasing from a game management point of view. But um, I just want to see more from him in terms of, you know, I mean, adapting how we play and making flexible changes, whether that's the team selection, formation. We're regimented in that 4-3-3 four, four, three, three, and even when they got 10 men, we're playing 4-3-3 with Watkins on the right and Davis up front and we're really struggling to break him down. So I thought the changes he made, Smith, yesterday were spot on. I, don't, I couldn't think of anything better he could have done to impact the game. He could have made maybe made a change sooner, but there was something lacking, um, I thought, with, with the ideas. And it's that communication onto the pitch. If, if crossing the ball numerous times is not working, and I know target and Almo's delivery wasn't great and you can blame, blame it on the individual player, then it's up to the management to some, sometimes get a message onto the pitch saying, let's try something different here because it's not working. And if, if Sheffield United are camped in their box 
it's just easy easy pickings for them to to defend deep and just see off that cross all the time. So yeah, on that, you you make a point around uh, the the right changes. Uh, to be honest, I'm not sure they were the right changes. I I don't understand why it took us 10, 15 minutes to to make those changes in the first place, and also why Keenan Davis came on so late as well, uh, and, and hasn't come on in recent games when we've needed him to. But it's more sort of a wider point, really, Chad. And you know, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this. Um, we don't obviously. It's well known that we we do well when we take the lead. We're we're, we're very good at uh, keeping out the opposition, which is a, a great trait to have and and a sign of a successful team. At the same time, we haven't been great or we've been terrible really at coming back from goals down or being in a losing position. You know, we've won we've got one point so far against Chelsea where we've been in a losing position. Is that a sign that we're not able to influence games? Is it a sign that we're in, the, in terms of the way that we play, i.e. we like teams coming at us rather than having to play through teams? Or is it a sign that Dean Smith needs to learn better to how to how to make changes and influence games? And you know, we've talked about this before in previous podcasts about his substitutions and his tactical inflexibility. You know, what what do you put it down to? Do you think do you think he could have done more yesterday in terms of the changes and the way that we played and, and in previous games? Or, you know, what, what do you put it down to? Yeah, it's a poor record and I'll put it down to all three, mate. We're a work in progress. You know, this is probably year two of what, three, four year project for Smith to to get us back to where we belong and where us fans think we belong. So it's it's all three, yeah. I think I think he took a bit too long to, to make his changes last night. I think we need to find a way to play um, when things aren't going our way and, and have trust in maybe Keenan Davis or like Smith said after the game last night, invest in another striker. So that if we if we do want to go four four two or or have different options from an attacking perspective, he's got them. And yeah, we, we need to learn to to influence the game better when from the sidelines or on the pitch or leadership, whatever it is, when we when we do go one nil down. So it's all three and I'm not sitting here saying Aston Villa and Dean Smith are are perfect. Every single player in that squad and Dean Smith and the coaching team are developing and learning all the time. There's no such thing as the perfect manager out there. So, yeah, I'd say hopefully come the summer, we'll have had a few more situations where we've had the opportunity this season to prove we can come from behind. And it's another thing then mentally that the squad have learned and it's in the bank mentally that we can do that for next season. And then we spend the summer like we did in Project Restart, thinking of plan B, plan C and developing again. Um, So all three, I'd say. Do you think uh, Dino is a, is a victim of his own success? You know, we we got promoted a season earlier than we thought we should have done. We survived when we shouldn't have done, really, with the squad that we had, um, and then we're we're performing and overachieving again this season, and and that's sort of like I said, realigning fans' expectations. Do you think we're overachieving, and that's and that means that people think we should be further on, even our development, almost rather than where where we're currently at. Yeah, possibly. I think, um, especially the performances at the start of the season where we were playing really well and even losing games and we could have scored three or four goals and it's down to missed chances. I think that set the the bar quite high and yeah, we've probably been a a victim. Well, Dean Smith's been a victim of his success, but yeah, I mean, the squad is a work work in progress, as Chadzi said, and you've got to look at the options on the bench sometimes and there isn't any sort of game changes in there that are going to come on and sort of change the game for us. And I understand we haven't got an endless pot of money. And I think last season was quite a difficult transitional period where we had to invest in in quantity rather than quality. And 
to be honest, most of the signings have, have turned it around and, and proved to be worth it. There's still a couple of question marks on, on, on players and they're going to be nothing more than squad players. So, yeah, I think we need an, another transfer window and, and, a, and a big investment to get this team at that sort of top eight level in terms of the, the squad as a whole because the, the starting 11 is probably at that level, but the squad isn't. And it's difficult because we've not had an endless amount of money and we've had to be careful with with how we manage certain positions. So the backup options are probably not Premier League quality. Um, the likes of probably Almo is probably a bit past it. Keenan's unproven. Uh, I probably would put Trezeguet in that bracket as well, where he's a good player for certain games where you want uh, uh, someone to work back defensively and, and be... Uh, sort of running them channels and winning duels, but he's not a player that's going to come on for the last 15, 20 minutes. Uh, you know what I mean? Take on, take on fullbacks, put crosses into the box. He simply hasn't got that, that sort of quality and pace that, that you need really. So Smith is constrained with his options. So I can understand why it's difficult for him to, to make changes during games to impact the performance because there is limited options. So I, I do have some, yeah, some sympathy for him. But um, yeah, I, I feel like um, this season um, as a whole, we've made improvements and being solid defensively is, is the foundation of that. So that's something that we've got now um, that we can work on. So we can always build on on progressing uh, our attacking play and, and being a bit more adaptable, which I'm sure will come because Dean Smith is, is experienced in football. He's backed by the likes of Shakespeare and Terry and they know a lot more than me or us for example they know what our neg- negatives are they know where we're lacking and what we need to improve so they can see exactly what's going on and sometimes as a fan you just get emotional and think why can't they see that Ross Barkley's been poor for five games and why don't they take him out the firing line but obviously they see Ross Barkley train day in day out they know what the backup options are without him so it's one of those where sometimes you've got to take a, a bit of emotion out of it and then take um, well, put some trust into a manager who's exceeded our expectations and has been delivering for us beyond what we thought we were capable of um, sometimes. So I, I agree with Chadzi on that. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. And I think, um, as always, you know, we are here at the Villa Talks podcast, we always try and take uh, a measured view on, on everything. It's very easy to get emotional about things. Um, and, you know, that's, to be fair, as a fan, you're supposed to get emotional. You're supposed to be invested, emotionally invested. Uh, and people want to hear that. People want to hear those emotions. People want to hear the passion. So, you know, it, it's important that you have that as well, element of, of the fan base as well. But, you know, wider, looking at it from a wider perspective, we're in, a, we're in the middle of a of a development phase, as Chaz has put it, you know, we're year two into a rebuild, uh, well, 18 months into a rebuild. Um, that's probably going to take four or five years to to get there. The key, obviously, is, is for us to com- remain competitive to keep the likes of Grealish and and Mings and Martinez and you know people like that who are the, our top players. Um, keep them in the team and make sure and show our ambition. And you know, it, it look at look at Leicester City. We talked about it already. You know, James Justin was missing for them, but they were able to bring in Ricardo Pereira, Castagna. You know, these types of players. Other clubs have a, a similar. Even you know, West Ham, Everton. These clubs in and around us. You know, they have quality throughout the squad. Whereas we just don't possess that at this present time, um, and it's something we will obviously address and improve on in the, in, in the coming windows. Um, but I mean, we'll, we've got the West Ham, so we've got the Wolves game coming up. We'll, we'll sort of go into that in a second. Um, hopefully, Grealish will be back, and we'll be talking about 
you know, what the guys' views are on, on that game and how we can bounce back. And, you know, bouncing back is something that this team has been doing throughout the season, continues to do, even in this bad run, we've, you know, we've bounced back. So, uh, you know, we should still be positive about that. But let's let's just quickly go to the comments, uh, boys, and, and get your views and thoughts on, on them as well. Uh, Opac says, how many more Grealishes do we need to win the league? Uh, I think, well, I think that's a question around our quality. Obviously, we, uh, we're lacking quality Grealishes, our talisman. And our most important player, we obviously thought Barkley was going to be the one to come in and help support him. And, you know, he's 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 done well in parts, but not not so much recently. And even yesterday, yeah, it's a difficult one for him to come into when we're not playing so well. We didn't really play through midfield, so it was a bit difficult for him. So I don't really judge him on, on yesterday, but didn't really impact the game. Uh, Nick Nack James, disappointing result, but OTT reaction from fan base. Konza gave most assured performance yet. Great movement by Ramsey to receive the ball. Officials were poor. Nowhere near clinical enough up top. Thought some great blocks at times by Sheffield United. Not enough players getting in the box. Chazzy, I mean, I, I kind of agree with most of that, to be honest. Um, what were your thoughts on that? I mean, especially Konza's performance. I thought he was he, he marshaled McBurney uh, and who was it before? Burke, uh, Brewster. Brewster, really well. Yeah, Brewster really well. Yeah, I think I think defensively we were very good again. You know, like I said, it's a it's a miss hit shot and some great anticipation from David McGoldrick. But um, I don't think anybody can be criticised. Some people last night were saying Elmo could have maybe done more and wasn't switched on to it, which you could argue. But yeah, I think I think Mings and Concert were very good again, um, and I think we, we did at times look like we lacked ideas up top. It's, it's hard for Watkins up there on his own. I personally thought it. He had a very good game. His hold-up play was excellent. His link-up play was excellent. And, and he didn't really have any chances other than that header, which, you know, maybe he needs to start putting them in if we if we want to be able to get results and come from behind when, when we're struggling to create chances. So, yeah, plenty of areas to improve on. And um, I do agree that a bit of, bit of an overreaction from, from the fan base, generally from what you see on Twitter anyway. But I think most people, I think if you, you're more inclined to go on Twitter and vent your frustrations if you're angry, I think, if, if you, I'm not saying there's any anybody pleased out there, but if you're a bit more pragmatic about it, I don't think you're on Twitter. I don't think you, you're taking the time to send a positive tweet. There's not much positivity in this world at the minute, sadly. So, um, yeah, you can say it's a negative reaction, but I think that's just nature of the world. You're only really going to see negativity on Twitter unless we win. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, let's go on then quickly through the right through the next questions Andy Keenan play well then play rubbish but do tend to bounce back after a poor performance and get some sort of result it's frustrated it's been said before but consistency isn't there only one back-to-back games once I think well apart from the I think we've we've done it obviously the first few games and then we we beat I think West Brom and uh, Palace I think it was maybe from memory back-to-back but yeah it's been sort of up and down a little bit since the first few games David Lewis, why was Gilbert loaned out? He scored his first goal for Strasbourg versus Monaco in the dying minute of the game and also has two assists, all whilst Elmo spooning his 12th cross of the night into the arms of Ramsdale. Yeah, Elmo, that's a difficult one. I I mean, I sort of understood why Gilbert went on on loan because I think maybe Smith still wants to keep him, but he wants him to get minutes, uh, whereas Elmo probably doesn't need to get minutes. But at the same time, Elmo... From from his normal consistency levels, he has dropped off a little bit, hasn't he, in, in his older age? Yeah, he's just been um, sort of not at, I would say, at full speed, really. And it's difficult when he's not had minutes throughout the season to build his fitness. It took him a game to get into in, into it, really. And um, I thought, yeah, from an attacking perspective, when you've got Target and Almo as your fullbacks, you're quite optimistic because they've usually got really good delivery. And Almo especially gets that crossing early for Watkins' run. But 
everything he, he tried uh, yesterday didn't really come off. And yeah, it was very disappointing. Um, I've never seen such a bad performance for Malmo attacking attacking wise ever really in a Villa shirt. So, um, and I thought Target was much similar as well. So as well, he was good solid uh, defensively. I thought um, he didn't really offer too much of a threat going forward and was really limited in, in, in ideas of getting the balls in or, or working a, a, an angle with, with Al Ghazi. But yeah, I mean, the right back Gilbert, obviously it's, it's all in hindsight seeing how we're struggling at the minute slightly. But yeah, Gilbert needed minutes, needed to play every game where Alma was just a backup really and Cash is always going to be that first choice. So it's probably the right decision. And I think I'm sure Smith will address it in the transfer window where whether we get Gilbert back and try and improve him because I think there's a, a player in there because he's got the attributes, he's physical, he's quick. Um, you know what I mean? He gives it 100%. He just needs some work on his defensive side in terms of positioning. So it's, it's a work in progress. You sound like you're describing Alan Hutton there, which is who I compare him to. Loved by the fans for flying into tackles and sprinting around like a headless chicken, but actually not good enough for the Premier League. In, is it, for a backup, we don't we can't spend an, another 10, 10 million on, some, on a backup, can we? But you say that, Jugs. We're just here sitting here talking about a squad and improving the squad and having having good enough backups. So if we take that view, then we'll never have good enough backups because there'll always be players that are going to be happy to be on the bench. So I suppose we need to have, you know, Leicester City, like I said, I've got Castagna, uh, Justin, Pereira. Uh, you know, that's a, got that's a gradual there. thing, Omar. Yeah, they've built that squad over a number of yeah, years but, being in the Premier League. Yeah, it's, but, it's, for us, yeah, but we need... It's priorities, isn't it? We need a backup centre-back, we need another striker, we need a winger and we need an attacking midfielder, first and foremost. And then and a, and a backup left-back ahead of a backup right-back, I would say. So, Well, ne- well next year we'll what, definitely... What def- next, next year we'll definitely need a right-back because Elmo will probably be leaving the club and as Chadzi said, is, Gil- is Gilbert good enough? Uh, I'm not too sure. Uh, let's move on then. Um Sam, I feel the team selection was okay, but we should have made changes at half time. We knew we were dominating the ball and that our defence was solid. Why didn't he make them? I mean, I, I think um, for me, it wasn't a half time because I thought we played really well first half. And he probably thought that the, the team first half was good enough to, to continue and, and get the goal in the second half. I think it was more the time it took to make the change after the, they went down to 10 men. And also, the, yeah, I also, agree with that. Yeah, and I also the, that I, I, I was expecting a change straight away after the red card, a bit like he did against Baggies when Livermore gets sent off. It wasn't a substitution, but it was a tactical change immediately, wasn't it? He, he sent McGinn further forward and just let Louise look after that deep line midfield role on his own. And that was instantaneous after sort of 20, 30 minutes in the game. And I do agree. I was sat there thinking, right, Smith's going to make a change now because that's generally how I I see him um, in terms of flexibility and, and that sort of thing. But he did, he did take too long last night. Yeah, I think Barkley was warmed up, ready to go. And... The coaching staff were having a chat for about five or ten minutes about the change. It's like, how many people yeah. does it take to make a substitution? Like, just get on with it. So that was a bit frustrating because it's all about sort of taking advantage and making a change that can impact the game straight away. So, um, yeah, I'd agree with that as well. Um, and, and also, I think the changes themselves, um, I'm not sure why we brought Morgan Santon on. Um, why, yeah, why, why we couldn't have brought Keenan on or Trez on. Um, I'm not really sure, but anyway, it is it's done what it's done. We move on. Um, Jess, I'm sure no one is more disappointed or frustrated than Dean Smith. A handful of poor individual performances made his presser comments look foolish regarding wanting to start quickly and also the fact he rewarded a good performance versus Leeds. Need a reaction versus Wolves. 
Uh, we'll come to Wolves game in a second. Poor Williams did half the squad spend the COVID break drinking lager and eating nibbles. Yeah, I mean, it does it does seem to be a massive drop off since COVID has impacted us? But or did they just have COVID? Yeah, or did they <laughs> just have COVID? It takes it out of you. It takes it out of you massively, by the way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, you know, plenty of people who got long COVID and suffering from fatigue. Chadzi, you're one of them, aren't you? And you're you're struggling now still. Yes, mate. And um, if any of those players did have it, I can see why um, they're not back to full fitness levels. And we haven't got a never-ending squad that you can just call upon. And I'm pretty sure that there's a few lads there that are clearly uh, still taking their time to reach their uh, peak fitness. Yeah, yeah, it's a fair point. Um, we've got a couple of questions on the Wolves game, which I'll come into in a second. Um, uh, last one, Bipple of Goterm. What happened to the Villa team full of invention? circa December 2020. Yeah, I mean, like I said, definitely been a drop-off, whether that's COVID, whether that's teams working us out a little bit more, playing. I think it's a credit to how we've played in that first half of the season. You know, teams are setting up against us to nullify us and, uh, you know, we need to come up with ideas to get around that and that's the job of the coaching staff and the players. Um, a couple of questions on the Wolves game we'll come on to now. Uh, Boise's asked what the midfield three for the Wolves game should be. And then Centre Circle Podcast, which is a, a podcast for all Midlands football. So they cover all the Midlands teams. I've, uh, I've put together a combined Aston Villa and Wolves team. Uh, I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on what you think, um, what you think about their lineup, and also what your lineup would be. Let's start with the let's start with the, the midfield though. Boyce's comment, um, Jugsy, what changes would you make for the Wolves game? Yeah, I think now we've had the Sheffield United game and Nakamba and Ramsey have played. Um, my initial thought was obviously resting Nakamba or potentially Ramsey and having Louise and Barkley for that game, and then bringing him back for the Wolves game. But I think I think a lot is dependent on Jack's fitness. If Jack's in that team, I think we go with a quite a positive change and get Louise and Barkley back in and look to take the game to Wolves. We've got nothing to lose now. We're mid-table. We're comfortable. It's a local derby. Let's just be positive. Let's just be the Villa of old and not worry about the opposition too much and think, you know I mean, let's go out there to win the game because let's just enjoy sort of the next few months and the next few games where we might get a run of results or put together some good performances and get that sort of um, confidence back in the squad. So I just want to see some positive changes and it's difficult. Obviously, Nakamba's done really well defensively and he does a lot for the team and we're, we're a lot more stable with him and the team. But I think if we want to push on for that sort of top eight, then we just need to be positive. And I know it's always good to take each point as it comes, but there's nothing to lose. So why not just have a go? Chad's uh, Wolves, Neto and Traore, are, are they danger men? Neto more so than Traore, who's, who's been a bit very inconsistent this season. Um, would you would you agree with Jugsy or would you look for Nakamba there to just to offer some protection for the fullbacks against those players? Yeah, I'd definitely play Nakamba without doubt to offer protection. I just think he reads the game so well. We talked about it after the Leeds game. And even last night, he was a bit sloppy in possession in the first 20 minutes or so. But even last night, it goes a bit unnoticed because we lost. He... He was just ahead of the game. He was so, so many crucial in, interceptions and little little footing tackles that just go a bit unnoticed. Um, so I, I would ha- would stick with Nakamba. And, and if you know, I take Jugsy's point about maybe being positive at home and we've got nothing to lose. Um, but you know, let's let's clip that up for Monday if we get beat three 0 on the counter attack. But um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would, I would, I'd have, I'd have, um, I'd have Jack, I'd have Jack, and I bring him in central. I think it'd be harsh to drop. Al Ghazi or Traore, so I'd have both Louise and Nakamba with Jack offering an attacking threat behind Watkins linking up and having sort of a really attacking front four 
guarded by Louise and Nakamba, and I'd give give McGinn a rest because he's. I believe he's been a bit below par recently. Really, he was, yeah, he was poor on shot. the ball last night, and um, and then you've got McGinn and Barkley to come off the bench. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird one, isn't it, McGinn? I think again, defensively, he was very good. Interceptions, blocks, um, nicking the ball away, and 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 you know, sort of offering that. Uh, solidity in, in midfield as well but some of his crossing yesterday and Alma's crossing as well were, was abysmal so yeah I, I get that point and he has been off par um, I still think he's you know the player he is a bit like James Milner back back in the day for us you know he regardless of poor performances or whatever how he's playing in the game he will give 100% and Absolutely, he will con- yeah. continue wanting the ball continue to drive forward so that, you know that does get noticed and, and fans love that but I do think we need to we need to change the shape of that midfield or change the personnel and try and do something a little bit different. Yeah, and it's hard. He's that type of dynamic player where he's giving it 100% and probably running the most in the team. So I think Chad's point is spot on where maybe we do need to rest him with a, with a long-term view where it might be a game where he doesn't need to play um, and just need to freshen up in midfield again because we don't want to lose McGinn by sort of burning him out. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's an, quite an interesting he, He's the guy that... He- He's the guy, isn't he, that plays every week pretty much. And um, you, you can't expect somebody to play well for 38 games in a season unless unless he's Matt Target. So you, you've got to give him a break and bring him out of the firing line, just just like Juggsy says, just for his own, own good, really, I think, at times. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Um, right, let's go on to this uh, combined 11. So this is Centre Circle Podcast. They've sent this. Just to let, just to set your expectations, seven of the players are Wolves players, four are Villa players. So, so that's Ooh, the first thing to say. Interesting. Um, so in goal, they've got Patricio over Martinez, firstly. No way for me. I mean, I'm sure you guys agree. I think Patricio has been very poor this season as well. Uh, so I'm not sure why that's why that's happened. Well, I, I think mean, he's a good player for Patricio, don't get me wrong. He's, he's played, historically, if he's I'm being honest, he's played Champions League football. He's an international level goalkeeper. He's performed at a higher level than Martinez has. At this very moment, he probably would take Martinez because I think he's is more in form. But Patricia overall has probably got the had a the better career in the better last few years, I'd say. Well, yeah, okay, I get that point. I do. And Patricia is a very good goalkeeper. Uh, I agree, and 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 has been a bit important part for why Walter done so well. But this season, it, it seems like he's on the decline for me. Um, I think that's important to remember. Uh, yeah, you know, there's plenty of players who've had a better career and, and better historic historical career than Martinez but Martinez has only really been able to cement himself in, in a team this season and the end of last season so I think that, that needs to be taken into account and really we're looking at now combined 11 I think I think for me Martinez it trumps it uh, back three Konza, Cody and Bolly um, hard to argue against that I think I, I think I what, what, we playing there somewhere hasn't he yeah I'm not having Cody at all and I don't know why we're playing a back three either. Yeah, he's I, actually Cody, Cody. Cody's been poor this season, hasn't he? Uh, by, yeah, yeah. Part of this season. Yeah, back three to suit Wolves, isn't it? I think because we don't okay. play. So I think you'd have concert, concert, Bolly, and, and Mings, wouldn't you? If you were playing a back three, I, I can't see how you, how you can pick Connor Cody over Tyrone Mings. Yeah, okay, agree with that. Fullbacks, they've gone for Cash and Johnny over Matt Target. I know Johnny's a good player, but he's just come back from injury and hardly played. And Matt Target's been you know, Mr. Consistent throughout the whole season. So I'm not sure about that. No, I think I think Cash and Target both have to be in there given current form. To, yeah, Matt Target definitely. hasn't had a bad game all season. 
Yeah. Johnny's played and like two Mick- games this whole year. Yeah, exactly. And he keeps going off in about 60 minutes as well because he's still not coming back from injury. So, uh, midfield is this, two... Is this is this team from that bloke that does the Villas going down videos by any chance? No, no, no. Centre Circle <laughs> Podcast, I've no idea who they are. I'm sorry if you're listening to Centre Circle Podcast, but I've never heard of you. Uh, but thank you for following us. Uh, <laughs> uh, midfield two, Neves and Douglas Louise. No, not having that. I'd have McGinn in there and I would have... I think I'll write Diodonka as a defensive midfielder ahead of Neves. I don't think Neves is good enough. Neves has been poor this season, I think. Yeah. Moutinho is better than Neves. And he's yeah, I, prefer I prefer Moutinho over Neves, to be honest. Um, and I think, yeah, I think I'd have McGinn over Louise as well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then in the wings, Grealish and Neto. I, uh, there's no argument for me in that. Neto's yeah, been fantastic this season. Grealish is obviously the... Grealish is probably Grealish is the best player in the league, so no problems with that. Up front, Jimenez. Thoughts? Tough one, isn't it? I think Watkins has been outstanding. Um, it's a it's a bit like Juggsy's point around the goalkeepers. I think Watkins is probably. I mean, Jimenez has been injured for such a long time. You can't really compare like for like in terms of form. But you know, Jimenez has done it for a while now at a top level and had a couple of really good seasons for Wolves. So. It'd be very difficult to leave him out. Um, so I think that just depends on personal preference, doesn't it, and style of play and that sort of thing. But yeah, I, I think as, I as think, much as I love Watkins, I don't think you can leave Jimenez out, can you? No, nah, no, nah, I think Jimenez is one of the best strikers in the league on his day. Um, when he comes back, obviously we'll see what he's like. It's such a horrific injury, but yeah, I think you know Jimenez trumps Watkins for now. Uh, Long term, we'll see. Watkins has definitely got the ability to to do it consistently for a long period of time. So. Uh, anyway, forget about that. That's uh, yeah. Fair to say, we don't agree with it, most of that. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's a Wolves fan who's done that. Because um, uh, yeah, judging the current form, especially uh, where Wolves are. Um, but anyway, let's move on. Your predictions for the game, then, Jugsy. Going for score draw, Chad's nil nil, nil nil. Right, I'm going to go for a two nil win, Villa. I think we're going to bounce back again. Uh, and I think Grealish is going to be back in the team and I think it's going to be a bit like Derby that was it two, three Return years ago Return of the King when he scored that volley Return of the King 10 game Ten. winning run come in like it right thanks boys thanks again for your time and comments and punditry as always fantastic thank you for listening everyone uh, we'll be back again after the game on Saturday uh, and then next week we'll be our first review preview show sorry I always get review and preview wrong right around uh, next way yeah next week will be our first preview show so look out for that but thank you for listening remember to subscribe and follow and do all that good stuff on Apple in terms of re- reviews and ratings follow us on Twitter at Villa Podcast or one word uh, and apart from that thanks to the boys again thanks for listening and up the Villa cheers lads up the bounce back come on Villa I love it. I love it.